The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled The King of Coins, The Legend of Jimmy Saltz. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Uh, welcome to King of Coins, The Legend of Jimmy Saltz. Uh, my name is Ron Solo. In 1983, on this very day, our good friend Jimmy Saltz died in an unfortunate accident slash murder. Jimmy Saltz was, at the time, the greatest gamer in all of Three Pumpkins, California, and probably all the world. I was part of a crew of teens that frequented our local arcade, the Coin King. When you walked by all the machines, you knew who was top dog. K-U-M. That was Jimmy Saltz's trademark top score initials, and his name topped every high score in the place. Galaga, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Sr., Gattaca. It was a game first. Here to help me explain the legend of Jimmy Saltz, I'm joined by two of my closest friends, two friends of Jimmy. First is a local legend, Bomb Pop, a.k.a. Thomas Harding, but we all call him Bomb Pop. Bomb Pop, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, Ron, I'm glad to see you boys again. You know, this day is always a sad time, but, you know, it's also a time that just really makes me think about the best part of my life, which was being a kid. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's it's always good to get back together. A little bittersweet. Uh, my second guest is the second best gamer I've ever seen and one of Jimmy's closest friends. Steve Cherry. Steve, thanks for being here, man. Oh, it's great to be here and just kind of reminisce about the good old days. You know, back when video games were the best they ever were, the food was the best it ever was, and, and life was just a little simpler. You know, it's uh, it's 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 always uh, fun to get here and talk about some of the stuff that Jimmy Saltz did. Unfortunately, you know, he passed away at a very, very young age. But, you know, every year we gather to remember 15. him as... Uh, 15, 15 ripe years old. And I say, you know what? I wasn't surprised when it happened. I don't know about you guys. Well, you know, as a grown man, you know, pushing 50 or whatever, I think that 15-year-old's the coolest guy I ever knew, and I still think about him all the time. I, I, I think so as well. It's hard to explain Jimmy Saltz to somebody who didn't know him. Yeah, he was 15. Yeah, he was a kid, but, you know... Even the people that knew him before the coconut hit his head and kind of, you know, gave him all those head problems. You know, he was a troubled child after the coconut. Steve, I actually think you you were in class with him, right? When the when the coconut fell on his head? Well, it happened to him on vacation. We didn't have coconuts in the classroom, I don't think. But um There was know, a lot of there's <clears throat> there's a lot of stories that would go around about how a coconut hit him on the head, when a coconut hit him on the head, where a coconut hit him on the head. But Steve here, he knew him real young, and I believe... Yeah. Well, I got to say, I'm the only one who saw the VHS footage his parents took on vacation of that coconut hitting his head, and that bonk sound it made stuck with me to this day. Sometimes I'll still wake up at like three in the morning, just shoot up in bed and just, you know, sweating and going crazy like... <gasps> and I heard you know, good old Jimmy, he always just made jokes about it. That's just the kind of guy he was. He would... He'd about to do something crazy like doing a bunny hop over a you know bit really big uh, uh, creek or something like that, and uh, we'd be like, "What are you? Are you crazy?" And he'd say, "Hey, I'm coconuts, aren't I?" And you know we would all laugh and laugh and laugh, and 
And Jimmy, that's why yeah, he, that's why he, he would, always wanted then us then to make people laugh. Then he would steal from the convenience store and set the dumpster on fire behind it. Yeah, he became a little bit pyro. I, I, you know, I remember, you know, I didn't know him before the uh, coconut hit his head, but I remember coming up to Coin King. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was thirteen. I had just transferred to, uh, you know, the regular school after getting kicked out of the nitwit school, and so you know, it was a different time back then. I think even people hearing it would say like they had a nitwit school, and and it, you know, that was the actual name for it. It was the Three Pumpkins Nitwit Academy you know, that I was attending at the time. And, uh, you know, I had just gotten kicked out of that. Well, I got, I got sent to that school cause I got kicked out of the regular school and then I got kicked out of that one. They sent me back. They just kind of tossed me back and forth. Anyway, I remember being 13 and walking up to coin King and this is before Twitch, but I, I remember seeing Jimmy salts. He was in front of the, uh, uh, he was playing dumper, you know, the game where, you know, you got the little the little guy with the beard, and you use the joystick to turn it left and right and get him. He's got to poop in this toilet. Oh yeah, there's like the twenty toilet toilets with- in a row, and you got to fill them all, but they keep flushing, so you got to go back to the toilet and take yeah. another dump in it. He was playing dumper with one hand, and he was just like playing it up to the crowd, and there was like twenty twenty five kids watching him because of how many toilets he was hitting at the same time. I mean. I mean, Jimmy was an artist. Afterwards, I went up to talk to him. And you know what? You know, he carried around the coconut that hit him in his head. And he showed me the groove in his skull where it actually connected. And he would put the coconut on top of it. And it was actually a perfect fit. I mean, you know, that movie Castaway was based on his life, but then he sued them over it. So they had to change it to a volleyball instead of a coconut. uh, Yeah, I mean... Do you guys remember Except the piece? The real story is that he do? was having a fun vacation with his family. He wasn't actually. Yeah, a he had to sue them about the film Castaway, which came out much later. <laughs> I think his family <laughs> well, think estate his estate, sued them. His estate yeah. sued him. Yeah, it was the estate. You know, because they still I mean, get- his dad. He, I mean, Jimmy's family. They did very well. You know, they weren't like rich, rich, but you know, back in the eighties, they were doing okay. His dad owned the salts company, and you know what they? I mean, they made all the crazy water slides all around the country, around the world. I think, yeah. you know, water parks, Disneyland, Disney World. Uh, there was one. There was a few that were actually in uh, in Three Pumpkins because we'd go to the pool, you know, and they had the big crazy slide there the, with the twists, and uh, that was all Jimmy's dad. And uh, so That's his dad right. was always working, and Jimmy, you know, he kind of, I think, looking back, Jimmy kind of was a bit neglected in that aspect, and that's why he always was getting into trouble you know with us I and mean, it was fun oh, but, yeah yeah maybe uh, if his his father was putting family memories into his brain that coconut wouldn't had to put bad thoughts into his brain you know well, well let me ask you guys this what was your guys first meeting with jimmy salts like well i gotta tell you it's a little hazy for me because as i was kind of like the school liar as a kid you know and i lied so much that sometimes i forget what was true like so many people think I was there with Jimmy when the pump when the um coconut fell on him because I lied so much that I was there that I started to believe it, you know? So Yeah, I, I remember you were you were a big time liar back then. You were always telling me you had uncles working at different video game companies. Oh yeah. Uh, you were telling me you you had gotten like uh, you know, secret Skittles. He flavors. told us his uncle knew Donkey Kong. Well, I told you guys Pac-Man was my uncle. That one didn't go over that well, so I, I kind of like changed it the story a little to say that he worked at Pac-Man Company, but yeah, 
Well, you actually changed it again because I think you forgot where I remember you were telling me that your uncle worked for Pac Sun for years. And I remember thinking, why is he bragging well, Pac-Sun about Pac Sun was Pac Man's nephew, is what I would tell people. Oh, like that Pac- makes- his Pac Man's nephew like owned all those stores. That was what I would say too. Um, but you know, yeah. I, I really, I mean, not to get too much into myself now at this point, but it's like uh, it started to become a real problem where I would tell kids that I had a pilot's license, but I just didn't have my plane yet. But my mom said she would get me one at 16. I was like, you show me a plane, I'll pilot it, you know? Um, oh. But I, I got myself into so many like little rabbit holes like this that eventually my parents made me go to liar camp for a summer to beat the lies out of me, you know? Um, but it didn't really stick because when I got back, I started telling everyone I met like the hottest girl ever at liar camp and she yeah. let me get to fifth base and the MLB is going to change baseball next year to add the fifth base because of me. Um, and in honor of you, I remember you saying that it was in honor of you. You were 14 at the time making it to fifth base. Yeah. I was you like, know, I'm 14. The- uh, I only know how to shave with a straight razor. Uh, I made it to fifth base and this kept up for a long time. I mean, I'm going to be honest. You, my first you- marriage fell apart because of lying. Well, you had to go to Camp Pinocchio the next summer, right? Yeah, that's right. And actually, after, you know, much later, probably when I was almost 30, uh, after my marriage fell apart because I was lying about stuff, and she's like, are you lying to me? I'm like, no, I'm not lying. And she's like, I think you're a liar. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And that was how it happened, you know? Well, yeah, you were well, you lying kept, when I, you said you weren't a liar because you knew you were a liar. Well, I remember yeah. you would lie at dinner and your wife would, uh, you know, you know, Carol, and she was a great girl. You know, I'm not going to say anything else, but, she, you know, she was a great girl. Didn't deserve what you did to her. And you would uh, you would always t- uh, you would hit her with the prove it. And I always, I remember thinking, well, that's a very good you would just ask her to prove it on everything. And obviously she wasn't able to prove it. Yeah. And it got more and more um, egregious too, where she my wife would say to me, her husband, are you in the clean plate club today? And I would say yes. And she'd be like, I can see there's still food on your plate. And I'd be like, no, there's not. I'm in the clean plate club. And she'd be like, Oh, no, you'd always not. show up to dinner with chocolate on your face and tell her that you hadn't eaten all day. Yep. Uh, and everybody knew you were just eating those candy bars in your car. Yeah, so that was when I was about but, 30. Um well, and by, then, by then you were only doing minor lies. You weren't doing the big, you know, brazen lies anymore. And the way yeah, we all but it saw still it ruined is, my marriage, even if it sounds kind of stupid to you. So, but you know, from there, uh, I, I joined Liars Anonymous finally. I got my 15 year chip in Liars Anonymous. That's where I met oh, my second congratulations. wife. Um, and I got the Pinocchio surgery actually. So everyone knows I'm not lying. Wait, what does the Pinocchio surgery do? It's kind of like lap band surgery, but for liars, where if I lie, my nose will grow. So you haven't lied in 15 years? I haven't lied a single, t- not even like a little white lie. Why don't you just would if you lie on purpose now would you would your nose get a little longer? Yeah, that's why I can't do I just can't lie anymore. Well, can I have since you've never lied, you don't know if your nose will actually get longer. Yeah, but I'm not about to find out. That would suck. Well, like I what think if we you catch- got I think you got played. I think it's a, like a placebo thing. No, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen, so I just can't lie. Are you guys trying to make me get off the wagon or whatever they say? I forgot which if you want to be on or off the wagon, but you guys are trying to like make you know me what? Make me relapse. I don't know. Like, if you lie once, will you just start lying about everything? I think so. That's why I can't take that risk. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll, we, we should. We'll, we're we'll just put that on the back burner. Yeah, we'll put it on I the mean, back burner. I mean, I mean. Well, all right. Well, I'll talk a little bit. Um, I Congratulations mean, on your 15 years, Steve. That's that's, see, that's really what awesome. I'd like to hear. Thank you. So you guys and know what, me. I wasn't much of a. 
wasn't much of a gamer like you guys and Jimmy. Uh, I would play some games, but I think everyone knows where all my my quarters went. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, my, oh, the laundry one or the the. No, I buy bomb pops with my quarters because oh, yeah. I was always oh, yeah. eating a bomb pop. I mean, here I am. I'm, you know, 50 years old. I'm an attorney. You know, my kid goes to Princeton, but my tongue is still. Yeah. It's so blue and never went it's away. It's so blue. Good. Open it up real quick. Let's just see blue. there. Wow. Even all the way in the back and the sides of your mouth are blue. Have you had a bomb pop today? No, I, uh, I don't Did eat you brush them. your teeth. Oh, of course. I don't eat Bob Pops that much anymore. I think it was just kind of a weird fixation when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, I tell people now, I kind of, I'm like, I took over for Steve here. I just lie to people. I tell them, you know, it's like a genetic mutation or something. like. That. I come up with this and that about it, but people don't really care. You have uh, the red part on the side of your mouth, too. A little oh, bit yeah. There. A it little looks bit a little of, bit like little. smeared lipstick right now. <laughs> like I was with, the, with some woman, you know. Yeah. Does that come off or is that just stuck? Oh, like that's that too? like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, still, it's a cool, you know, reminder of like, you know, the nostalgia. Oh, I wouldn't change it for the world. There. Oh, no. Best Three time of my life. So yeah. See, and I mean, you guys, when I was, you know, when I was younger, everyone called me Steve Cherry as a nickname because I said it was like because of the, uh, the Pac-Man cherries. I was so good at Pac-Man. I was like Steve Cherry, but I was actually lying because in reality, my name is actually Steve Cherry. Your whole family is Cherry. Yeah, that's like my actual name, but I was lying like it was a nickname. Well, I thought it was just your name. Did you it think we just, were calling you Steve Cherry? Yeah, was a that, you thought that was my nickname, but it was my real name. No, I thought. I no, thought, we didn't you know, think it was a nickname. Your, we just your dad is Larry Cherry. Well, your mom taught me in like third grade, so oh, my mom like, Sherry knew, Cherry. Yeah, I know Sherry, so I know that like you were her. I just I didn't think like her nickname was Sherry Cherry. You know, I didn't think Miss Cherry. Uh, we, I mean, she was just Miss Cherry. Well, yeah. I thought I had tricked you guys into thinking it was a nickname for me, but I guess you probably well, knew my younger brother uh, Barry Cherry. Also, they didn't think well, of Barry when they had me, but they thought of it once they had my younger brother. That's why my name doesn't rhyme, but. You know, people thought actually Ron Solo was like a, a riff on Han Solo. And I did love Star Wars and Han Solo was my favorite character, but it was really just a just a coincidence, you know? But uh, the only reason I, I bring that up is that um, Bomb Pop, I know you're like an attorney now, but do they still call you Bomb Pop at your job? No, they call me Thomas. But if they called me Bomb Pop, I wouldn't mind. Maybe I should tell well, them I that. I thought there was the judge that that called you bomb pop in court and everyone laughed about it. Well, him and I went to uh, the same uh, alma mater. The coin so. King. Yeah, the Coin King. That was like school for us. Well, I mean, the Coin King was like school for me in a lot of ways, you know, because I was always bouncing between the regular school and the nitwit school. So there really wasn't like a cohesive curriculum um, and I missed like there was a lot of gaps I missed. You know, I never learned how to do you know, cursive, you know, in the nitwit school, a lot of the writing stuff was just like, you know, I'd find a sort of sharp rock and I'd kind of find a short sort of flat stone and we'd kind of work from there. Um, but then I'd go back to, you know, the regular school and it would be like, you know, who's Thomas Jefferson? And I wouldn't have any clue, you know? And in that way, I, you know, I, I really took refuge, you know, in Donkey Kong at the time. And, uh, I, you know, there is some embarrassing kind of facts about me as a kid. You know, I know you guys kind of talked about your lying in a little bit. And, uh, 
you know, for me, gaming was really a, a great, a great, you know, I came into it at the perfect time because, you know, 13, 14 years old, you know, I had, uh, um, I don't know how to say this, but uh, I guess I had a self-control problem uh, that would get me in trouble at school um, and at home and, you know, on the bus and stuff like that. And, uh, ga- you know, a game of Donkey Kong was the first one I kind of fell in love with. And Donkey Kong games are 15 minutes. And that's perfect for, you know, I hate to say it out here if there's any, you know, any ladies listening. Uh, uh, that's my refractory period. I, I was a kind of a chronic masturbating kid and uh, Donkey Kong came at just the right time where I could go in there, play a game of Donkey Kong, go to the bathroom, come out, play another game of Donkey Kong. And then eight, nine, ten hours would pass, you know, and uh, it really was Coin King was the most important place for me developmentally, it, you know, better than my house, better than school, better than anything to a lot of people. That was just a uh, arcade. But for some of us, it was like a school or a church. And for some other people, it was like a laundromat because they had a laundromat in the back. They did have a laundromat in the back. And, you know, you know, our parents would be there. We'd see people there. The bowling uh, alley, some- you know, they had to serve beer there, pizza for adults. Uh, uh, and I mean, look, back in the day, the Three Pumpkins, there was not much to do. Let's face no. it. Not jack to do in a small town like this. You know, nowadays kids have so much stuff, you yeah. know, but you know, back then, what did we, we have had, back then? Well, all we had was the arcade, the beach, the pool, skateboarding, surfing, skiing, swimming, swimming, go karts, yeah. yeah. ice cream yeah. truck, My tennis, favorite. basketball, movie theater, carnival. Yeah, we had all those carnivals. Park. But it's like there's nothing to do, you know? There's all the festivals we would have. There would be school dances, um, you know. The football game, Friday nights. Oh, yeah. You know, the local, you know. But that was it. There just wasn't as much stuff to do, you know. It just just wasn't. It wasn't there like it is now. So we had to kind of entertain ourselves. That's how we hung out at the arcade all day long. And I think that's why we all, you know, ended up getting so attached to Jimmy Salt's. Um, you know, I remember the first time, uh, running into him at school, um, you know, when I only really knew him from the carcade. And I remember Steve, you were at that point, you were lying, saying that your parents were letting you drive your car. Oh yeah. I would drive to school at like 13, 14 years old. No, you didn't. You said you did. And you would be like, you know, oh, I drove today. And we'd be like, where's your car parked? And you'd say it'd be parked in the neighborhood. And uh, that he walked there after doing it and stuff like that. And I remember Jimmy Saltz uh, really getting mad at that. And then, you know, it's the, what, you know, first week of eighth grade. And who do we see pulling up late into the parking lot at school? Jimmy Saltz driving his mom's Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah, he really oh, caught man. my bluff. You know, I claimed I was doing it every day for years. And then he suddenly, he really did the real he thing. He just shows up, you know. And of course, you know, somebody snitches on him. The principal's waiting by the Cadillac. You know, he gets on the bus and goes home normally, slips back out, takes the Cadillac, goes back home. And he showed up and he did that every single day at school. Is driving his mom's car, going home on the bus, and then getting a ride back there later to take it where he wouldn't get in trouble. I mean, and, you know, well, let me tell let me tell a true story here. Uh once, once my parents got me a used car when I turned 16, 
I was so jealous of Jimmy that he'd been driving for years already that I needed to show him up somehow. So I took the catalytic converter off my own car to have the loudest car in the city. <laughs> and every time I showed up to school, it was a very loud car. And you know, Jimmy, he was a track star. So he'd do cross country. I mean, we were on the team with him for a little bit. And he would drive his mom's Cadillac to places. And then he would like run home. He's like, oh, I'll go get it later. The guy would run everywhere. He's like, yeah. he would wake up at like 5 a.m. every day before school, run like 10 miles. And then he'd go home and uh, sleep like another hour before going to school. You know, he was a kid. I always saw him like walking through the woods. You'd just see him like vaguely in the woods and you'd be like, I wonder what he's doing there. And, you know, he was probably up to no good. He was probably doing something a little Probably weird. hiding some I of mean, his skin mags. Oh, yeah. I mean, he always said that when he, well, he said, he didn't say when I grew up, you know, and this is how I knew he was a different type of guy. He always said, if I grow up, you know, he was very conditional. He would never assume anything about the future. He would say, if I survive the winter, you know, I'll go to ninth grade. If I make it to 18, you know, he always wanted to start his own skin mag. Uh, what was the name of it that he wanted to... He went through so many names for the Skin Mag he wanted to start. The only one I remember is Cooter Club. He wanted to call it Cooter Club. Uh, and uh, what else? Beaver Monthly. And he was always really mad at Playboy for not showing, uh, you know, I don't uh, the, uh, to be scientific. He would, just say, I, he would just say they never show it. They never show it. And then if you would ask him what it is... He would do the uh, pussy eating gesture and he would smile real big. Um, but that's just the kind of guy he was. Uh, but he had a really unique idea for a skin mag where he wanted it to be like, where's Waldo? Except instead of Waldo in a crowd of 4,500 people, it would be like a naked woman. So you'd be looking in this porno mag and you'd be looking, looking all over, you know, for the naked woman. And it was always kind of, you know, frustrating a little bit, honestly. And he also had one uh, more puzzles that were going to be in there. They were kind of like highlights magazine where you just had to trace a maze through around the page to the center of the page where there's just a naked lady. Oh yeah. And he had the connect the dots thing where it was like draw and design your own hot girl. And yeah. then you could jack off to that. That one, I don't think really caught on with anybody but him, but he was really big. Well, there was also I mean, one where it's just a naked woman. And then on the other page, there's like cutouts of clothes and you can dress her. But most people probably weren't going to take the time. To I dress mean, in middle her. school, no. Jimmy's his big hustle was he was so good at drawing naked women. He'd sell sell them to other kids. You know, they trade oh, them candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They trade them, uh, you know, sports cards. You know, jacks stuff like that. Oh, uh, he loved jacks. He oh, was yeah. huge on jacks. You know, all these all these sort of gimmicks and pranks and ideas he had. He was kind of an old soul, wasn't he? He really yeah, was. I mean, he really was. He, he really was a was man. He soul. was his own man. And uh, I mean. I can't say I I can't say any of us feel as successful as Jimmy was at being a fifteen year old. Yeah. Oh no. I he mean, was, he was. Pro- I, mean, I, I would say that Jimmy Saltz was the last guy who ever walked uphill both ways to and from school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when he wasn't driving, for sure. Oh, yeah. or he would uh, run, or he would run. Um, you know, even I remember being very impressed with Jimmy Saltz. You know, first I met him at the Coin King. He's got all these high scores. He's just some kind of nerd spaz, right? And then first day of, you know, the first week of freshman year, he's dating Sally O'Malley, a senior. Oh like my he's God. a fi- 
I, I mean, the, the senior Sally dark. O'Malley could have been in Beaver Monthly. Oh, easily. And he would say that all the time. And he would, you know, try to get her to draw, like, let him draw her and stuff. And he was mostly a dots guy, so he wasn't good at it. But but he just seemed to have a way with everybody around him. He, I mean, for as much as a Bart Simpson type character he was, he really seemed to have that kind uh, of mean, factor charisma. I mean, Steve knew him since, you know, when they're really young. I met him, I think... Uh, right at the end of elementary school, and he used to, he taught us that song. Remember it, Steve? It went like, "My PP oh, has a song. It sings. Song it it sings, goes one goes and two one and three. Two and three. Yeah, the PP song. Whiz, whiz, I remember PP. Whiz, whiz, PP. Whiz, whiz, PP. And uh, he would do. He'd get in the, trouble from your mom, Miss Cherry, for oh, singing yeah. it. And then the next day. He'd bring her an apple and kiss her on the cheek, and she would let him like she let it slide because. Well, I mean, it's just the kind of guy Jimmy was, man. You know, I remember the first year he started like kind of getting in trouble. Uh, you know, he's twelve, thirteen after the coconut fell on his head, and uh, it was actually the high school suggested he did a do Flintstones therapy. You know, because they noticed how he was behaving differently. I mean, before the coconut, Jimmy did all of his homework. He never really talked back. He was just kind of a good, nat. you know, he was athletic. He was charming, but he wasn't like the kind of kid he was after the coconut. And I remember that the school got the coconut. Uh, they tried to do another drop on the soft spot, and it didn't take, and they couldn't get it right. And they ended up dropping the coconut on him. I think 11 or 12 more times oh, to and, try to reverse uh, it. Yeah. And each time, you know, the first time they dropped the coconut on his head, it's like, okay, now he's a race car driver. You know, that was his, per- so they'd be like, all right, we got to do another one. So they dropped the coconut on his head again. And he'd like, okay, this time I'm a French chef. And eventually they just settled on, you know, him kind of being like a, a kid again, but like, just kind of shitty. I think they said if they dropped the coconut on his head one more time, he would die. So well, I think they yeah. just let it go. He wasn't a bad kid. He just constantly did bad things and was not nice to people after that. Yeah. And he was kind of like um, a bad, but that's what made him so lovable. Oh, yeah. he was nice. Totally. To he he was course, a rascal, but. a scoundrel. He's a classic character. You know, we, we always need a, a pray. He's the God Loki to us. The prankster God. I, I I can't imagine there being a Jimmy Saltz today. He couldn't get away with any of it. Oh no, they oh, would. You mean all. the state would have would have had him killed if he was going around today doing it? Mm-hmm. I remember one summer he pantsed me uh, so many times. I think it was when we were we were fourteen. It was when they had the loitering crime wave, oh, and he pantsed me so summer. much. He pantsed me so much. I had like a permanent like carpet burn on my penis that like wouldn't go away until I was in like college. And even now it's like a scaly sort of skin, um, which actually kind of helped me a lot with my self-control problem um, that summer. And, and, you know, that was probably when I was at my peak at Donkey Kong. Um, You know, I was getting upwards of 700,000, you know, not quite, you know, the, the damage he was doing, but still a pretty high score I'm proud of. And you know, Jimmy Jimmy was kind of crazy at the arcade because there's a few games. There was some that were at like a hard uh like hard lock, you couldn't do it, but he figured out how to play a lot of the games for free. And oh yeah. He he only told us how to do it. 
but you know, all these kids are always like, how did they get to play all day? Yeah, they, I mean, they knew we didn't that, have quarters and quarters and quarters and quarters. That trick changed Jimmy our lives. Did, but he didn't have to spend them. He, he changed our you lives know, with that trick because then we could spend all our quarters on pizza. And I'll tell you, that Coin King pizza was the best, best pizza, pizza in, in the, the world. world ever, ever, ever. Never had anything like it since. Oh, man. If I could go back and just have a slice of the pizza that, man, I don't even know how they made it back there. Well, Jimmy used to say that it was a kid's blood and the sauce is what made it taste so good. That but was, then, that, he, he was just doing a you. He was just. Well, yeah, you're right, because then I saw them making the pizza, and it was just a Jack's frozen pizza. But I don't know why it tasted so good, but it really, like, people don't even know what we're talking about, and they probably think we're lying, but nothing in my life has ever tasted as good as that pizza. I fully agree. I mean, next to Bomb Pops, but, man, eating a slice of that pizza at at the arcade bowling alley laundromat and then having a Bomb Pop for dessert, man, there's nothing like If I could just go back... There's nothing that tastes that good today. You know, I remember uh, after we'd eat that pizza, we'd go play the ticket games. And I remember I was so jealous of Jimmy Saltz when he got enough tickets to buy the lava lamp that I just started lying like, oh, I already have six different colors of lava lamps at home. But in reality, I was you don't have eternally any. jealous. I had none. Man, sure do miss Jimmy. Yeah, that 15-year-old is way cooler than my stupid wife. And my dumb friends. Uh, did he ever show you guys? He was really good, not only at playing the games, but uh, kind of the glitches. Uh, do you guys remember the arcade machine they had at Coin Machine, right by or at Coin King, right by the uh, claw machine? Uh, Porky's presents the Panty Raid game. Oh, do I ever? And you know that game was so. It, you know, it's probably you probably can't even find that anywhere now. But it would be you'd be playing the guy with this big basket. And, you know, the first level was the girl's dorm and panties would be flying down from the from the sky outside, throw them. The, you know, girls would be throwing their panties out their window and you'd be uh, catching them, you know, every once in a while. Just that, a big basket. Yeah. Every once in a while that they'd throw out one of those big pair of granny panties and you would avoid those or get crushed by them. Uh, but he taught me a secret in that game. I'll never forget. Uh, and you know, cause I have, uh, the Porky's Panty Raid, uh, game in my basement. Now, if you hug the mailbox at the dorm, you actually go, you glitch out and you go straight to the final level, the, uh, lesbian sorority house. And, uh, you know, they show this image of a digital leg that changed my life. It was one of the most you know, graphics hadn't really gone that far yet. And this was the first, you know, digital leg I saw. And I was instantly, you know, transfixed on it a little bit. Yeah, you felt like you were reading Beaver magazine. Oh, yeah. Or the hypothetical, you know, he did some, you know, he did some prototypes of, you know, uh, you know, the Cooter Caller, which was a newspaper. Yeah, it was basically he a zine. <laughs> yeah, he did. A Cooter Caller was basically his idea for a newspaper about pussy where you... Where you, <laughs> where you Cooter Collar was about it was a newspaper about pussy. It's you know women <laughs> would put personal ads for the pussy. <laughs> it would have tips and tricks and articles about where you could find it. And uh, you know I remember reading that, and you know Jimmy Saltz really egged me on uh, at, at you know at that point where uh, yeah I had a lot of issues with self control. So yeah, he he uh, published his his Porky's Presents Panty Raid glitch in there actually, and then everyone was doing it. Um, but, uh, that was, you know, like at that age, it was before we could see rated R movies. So I remember, I didn't even know that Porky's was a movie until later. And we saw the movie and we're like, this sucks. This has nothing on the game, you know? Oh yeah. You know, a lot of that stuff, 
you know, you know, three pumpkins had a dark underbelly, you know, there, you know, it, 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 there was a lot of stuff we didn't, you know, we were protected from. There was some stuff we saw, but I remember at that time, what was it? 83, 84, you know, there was a bunch of Satanism going around because of Dungeons and Dragons and the Elephant Man. People were really mad in Three Pumpkins when the Elephant Man came out. They did not like that movie being shown. Uh, and, you know, people were scared. That was the loitering crime wave, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was the worst loitering. I remember the 7-Elevens. You would see seven, eight, nine guys just waiting outside, you know, teens. And- these were teens who were hopped up on Dungeons and Dragons. You know what? You don't know what kinds of crazy ideas they had in their head. Oh yeah, and you know they grew up eating like processed food, mac and cheese, high calorie stuff. Their parents didn't have access to, so you know we'd have all these six five, six six teens, and you know their parents would just be helpless to them. You know their parents who grew up, you know, eating like wheat and like sorghum and 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 you know healthy grains well i mean we were some of those kids that would loiter i mean i love oh i love i still love loitering to this day you know and jimmy jimmy sometimes he would say you know there's some things i like more than holes and we'd be like what jimmy he'd be like loitering and stealing oh he loves stealing and and then he changes mind and some days he'd be like you know i like more than stealing we'd be like what he'd make holes and then he'd just laugh and we'd all laugh yeah he loved he loved uh, a great guy it was like a paradox it was like what did he really love the best i don't know do you guys remember that you guys remember that halloween where all of us dressed like hulk hogan and jimmy he hit every neighborhood in the city or well it's not really a city at the time it was just you know this little town and Jimmy hit all the neighborhoods. He even went up to Pumpkin Hills, and he came home with about 10 sacks of candy. I remember that day because we were all loitering outside of the 7-Eleven, all of us dressed as Hulk Hogan, and he just walks up with like as much candy as a 15-year-old can possibly carry. Oh, yeah, and he was, you know, that was, uh, you know, he was a big uh, uh, sack tapper at that time, too. So I remember we all kind of come up, and we're all gawking at this candy, and he 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 holds the bag out towards us real low, so we have to kind of look over and like lean over into it. And he did three rapid strike moves where I got the knuckles right to my testicles. I think he oh, got I like, puked. oh yeah, that was uh, you know. I, I did you have to go to the hospital or did you just go home from that? Because at school they no. said you had to go to the hospital. No, that was that was Levi Strauss who had to go to the hospital after Jimmy sack tapped him. And Jimmy felt terrible. He went to the hospital and visited him. And Levi, I mean, he high fived him. He said, Jimmy, you're the best. And he was just he laughed it off. But well, that was the one where, you know, he sack tapped him and he, he made his right and left nut switch and they got all tangled up. Mm-hmm. And that's why he has yep. all those cross eyed kids now, I heard. You know how huh. he has got he's got it like something. he's got like four or five kids and they all uh you know they all kind of look like uh uh you know the are, are you suggesting there's some genetic connection between your nuts and your eyes? Well, I'm saying he or got like hit in the, in the right nut his children? and his right nut and his left nut swapped and he yeah. always kind of looked like Oswald from the Drew Carey show and his kids all look like you know Oswald from the Drew Carey show if their eyes were crossed, you know, right. permanently. Yeah. And man, can you imagine the kids that Jimmy would have had? Him and Sally O'Malley. I mean, she looked like Farrah Fawcett. Oh man. yeah, you know he. You know he always said. You know he he had a he had the cutest pet name for her, where he called her Liquid Sex, and he would yell like Liquid Sex, get <laughs> over here, you know. And uh, 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 she just loved it. I mean, she thought it was so charming. Um, but 
you know, I guess, uh, you know, it wasn't meant to be, you know, she was going to college next year and he said he was going to go and <laughs> he said he was going to, he was 15. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the kind of guy Jimmy was, man. Well, I don't know if this is just schoolyard talk, but I heard that after, uh, you know, Jimmy unfortunately passed away, she became a nun. Oh, well, I mean, I, 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 I can, don't think that's true. <laughs> I could understand that. I mean, you, you, how would you, you know, if you, I know that right now, what it appears is we're a bunch of 55 year old men, 50, you know, up there, uh, talking about how cool a 15 year old was, you know, a 15 year old that's, you know, let's be honest, long dead, but you guys have to understand this 15 year old was the coolest guy there ever, ever could be, ever could be, you know? Sure, he was rude. He was violent at times. Um, you know, treated people. You know, he he was very upfront about it. He said he treated people like a series of holes. Um, but uh, you gotta you can't deny the guy. You know, he was a rascal, but you had to love him. You had to love him. And you know, we all you you know, we all kind of in retrospect, you know, we followed him around like his little royal court. You know. And here's the thing is like, I know people listening to this might think that we're all just like a bunch of weepy, nostalgic losers, but we all have normal lives, right? Like I have my own HVAC company and I'm, I'm plenty successful. I can afford a nice family home here in three pumpkins. Oh yeah. But sometimes when I'm installing an HVAC system, my mind will wander. I'll look at the pipes and be like, you know, Mario would have loved to jump through this pipe or like Pac-Man. He would have loved to chase, chase a ghost through this pipe. And then you just start thinking about Jimmy Sauce and all these things that happened to you. And, you know, you just can't help but reflect a little now and then. Well, it's, you know, part of the Lord. It's part of who we are. Even though now I'm a track and field coach at the Nitwit Academy that I went to. And uh, it's great. You know, it, it's fun. You know, I, I I think about the stuff I did when I was a kid. When I see these young Nitwits, you know, you wouldn't believe what these Nitwits are like nowadays. You know, um, you know, they're. You know, these kids for track and field, you know, they run so fast, they're kicking their own ass uh, every time they go. You know, they're not great with directions. We'll do practice and they can't stay on the track. I'll have to get in my car and find them, you know, running through neighborhoods and stuff like that. Every once in a while, I get a really difficult kid that, you know, will, you know, will eat dirt or chew sand or something. And I'll just kind of sit them down and I'll tell them about the legend of uh, Jimmy Saltz and some of the stuff he did and let them know that, you know, they could have a future too. Even though he didn't because he died, uh, you know, but uh, I think in my own way, I am inspiring these young nitwits. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have a bad life either. I'm happy with what I've got. It's just sometimes, I mean, people, if you're if you're listening to this, our little tribute here to our good pal, Jimmy, if you've ever watched The Simpsons and you've thought, man, I wish Bart Simpson was a real guy. Yeah, yeah, guess what? He was. He was. His name was Jimmy Saltz, mm -hmm. and he was the best person I've ever known. And he was all, you know, imagine if, uh, like, there was a Bart Simpson that was, like, showing people his penis, you know, from his car, you know, from his Cadillac Eldorado of his mom's that he drove around. And, you know, he did this funny bit. You know, people talk about him and said he was a jerk, but he did some good things, too. Uh, like, he would put his penis against the glass of his car door, and he would, he would roll the window down so it would, like, flap. And <laughs> I guess that wasn't a nice thing. I was trying to think of an example of a, of a good thing he did. And that well, was more I think it was kind of, it kind of made him a genius, though, to do it. Maybe it wasn't nice. Who else would have thought of that? I'm trying to think of a single nice thing he did. 
Well, he taught us his tricks to play the arcade games for free. That was pretty nice. Yeah. It wasn't very nice to that nice old man who owned Coin King, but... Oh, and you know, know, I don't want to get too much into it now, but you know, when when Jimmy died, a year later, the Coin King died. Uh, You know, we were 16, 17. I kind of feel like that was, you know, the end of, of my childhood there because you guys remember the Coin King... You know, he ran the place. He was that bald old fart. He would wear that plastic crown and he was always eating ice cream, soft serve ice cream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember that soft serve ice cream killed him. You know, he was just eating too much ice cream and got that ice cream headache and, you know, it got infected. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor said it's the only time he's ever seen it. Yeah. But, uh, it got a in- unique case. Yeah. You know? It happens. It's rare, but it happens. It's some kind of, I guess, cold activated bacteria or something from the ice cream headache. I mean, it was a severe ice cream headache. I remember he was laying on the ground for two hours. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, and we were all just gaming. We were there watching it happen, but we were just gaming. We didn't. He, we thought he was just overreacting. Yeah, you know? I mean, Jimmy told us to just spray him with the hose, see if that wakes him up, and we were spraying him with the hose for 30, 40 minutes. Well, I remember while you guys were doing that, Jimmy dared me to play the little basketball game where you shoot hoops, but instead of uh, making it, intentionally throw it at the rim as hard as I could and bounce it all the way across the arcade so it goes to the laundromat. And I was just whipping these basketballs everywhere and breaking stuff. Oh, yeah. You were whipping and, uh, them everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was really funny. But then it was uh, really after funny. We tra- that- you know, after he had that ice cream headache uh, that killed him, you know, we trashed the place, really. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, no he- real other way to put it. We trashed the place. We broke a lot we were of the- like rubbing our, our twigging berries on stuff. Oh, we were eating pizza. He was doing the PP song, you know. You know, my PP has a song. It sings. It goes one and two and three. Whiz, 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 PP, you know, whiz, whiz. And he was peeing oh, on on the coin king. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know. Well, he, he still said, just thought he was asleep at the time. Well, he would always say, you know, golden showers for a golden crown and all this stuff. He made it sound like he was trying to wake him up, but you know, turns out by that point he was, you know, he was you know, functionally brain dead, I guess, as we, as he was, uh, you know, peeing on him. But, uh, you know, it's just kids and, you know, kids will be kids. And especially yeah, if they, I mean, that was coconut. just the kind of guy Jimmy Saltz yeah, was. I mean, he was just like, you know, you got to consider the circumstances, you know, the kid had a coconut dropped on his head 15, 16 times, you know, that's going to have, have an effect regret, on you. One regret in my entire life. And I think about this all the time. If I could change anything, I would have told those adults who dropped that coconut repeatedly on his head trying to fix him, what you need to do is drop him on the coconut to uh, reverse the thing. Well, this was they were my doing theory. it wrong. I mean, that, if I, I could change anything, if I could have changed anything, uh, Jimmy wouldn't have died. No, but I'm saying he never would have. He never would have died if they it had dropped him me. on the coconut. I should have been in his place. I agree. Yeah. It should have been you. You know, bomb pop. But, can I? Can I say something? No, you both know I'm right. It should have been any of us. No, it should have been all three of us instead of Jimmy. It definitely oh, I would die have, today for him. It definitely him should have been him. Life. It should have been him. I mean, <laughs> it was. It definitely should have been him. He was the one that was always, you know, remember when he climbed that roller coaster and then you try to ride it like a skateboard down? Oh, yeah, that was so cool, dude. He said he was Tarzan of the, of the theme park. Yeah, and then, you know, he actually, you know, he got. He had that whole Tarzan phase that summer. Oh yeah, he was wearing that loincloth, and he got that yeast infection. You know, Disney's Tarzan was also based on him, uh, but they changed it enough to not Jimmy. have to give his family royalties. We had to tell him Jimmy Tarzan wouldn't smoke cigarettes, and he said, "This Tarzan does." 
Yeah, wow. I remember him saying it. He thought it was like a really big line. I wonder what he meant by that. <laughs> well, I think he just started calling himself Tarzan and, you know. Oh, yeah, that's what he meant by that. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think there's much else to him other than that. You know? It was just so cool that I thought there was a double entendre or something, but, you know. Man, they just don't make them like Jimmy no more, do they, boys? Nope. Most things anymore aren't like they were then. You know, they don't make quarters like they used to either. Those yeah. quarters meant so much to us. You Everything know? was just better. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always think about, sometimes I look at these kids' childhoods, you know, I look at their childhoods today and, you know, the kids are having fun and they're smiling and I go, this is, this is all wrong. You know, they're doing different stuff than I'm doing. They're on their phones, you know, back in the eighties, if, if I would have said I'm playing a game on my phone, you know, they would have put me in the nitwit school that would have instantly got you in the Netwit school. Well, you, it doesn't even make me mad just when kids are doing different stuff than I did. I get mad when they're doing the same stuff I did. Because, like, they'll never know what it was like to go skateboarding in the 80s. Once, like, Tony Hawk showed up and he ruined the sport with all the these 900s he was doing and all this fancy stuff. You know, it, it just never was. The, it wasn't the same. And you know what? Anymore. Let's just talk. It's it, The Christ air was wrong. That's like, it, to me, it's like traveling. You know, a skateboard's for riding on your feet. Don't hold it with Yeah, we're hands. not even talking about the religious element of it and bringing religion into skateboarding. We're mostly just talking about technique. the actual dynamics I'm talking about, of like, it, right? technique. Yeah. You know, do the right thing. Don't put your hands on your skateboard. It's for your feet. You know, just do the right thing. You know, kids these days have a whole different idea about how even games to them, you know. I had, you know, I could, I don't get anything from Fortnite. You know, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I see these games now and they have, you know, they want you to be they want you to be playing with like, oh, one of uh, one of you could be LeBron James. The other one of you is ring race. Yeah. The other one of you is, uh, I, you know, and it's ridiculous. I was watching yeah, my, so ridic- my nephew They're playing play. these video games where like uh, Chun-Li is in Fortnite now. She's supposed to be in Street Fighter. Like, that's just crazy. I, to me. I saw my 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 nephew was playing Fortnite as Andy Cap. You remember Andy Cap? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I mean, even. Think, I, 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 hear they, I hear they added Mo Rocca to Fortnite. They don't even make those fries anymore. I didn't even I think kids knew who Andy Cap was. You know, uh, to be honest, I barely remember Andy Cap. How did he get in Fortnite? You know, that's the kind of stuff that really, really hurts me about stuff nowadays. I heard they know? added Paul Newman to <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> Yeah, they, you apparently you can play as Dig Dug in Fortnite now. I mean, they try to bring all the stuff back, and you know what? They're just they're just trying to get they're milking money out of nostalgia, and I can't yeah. stand people who just want to be nostalgic all the time. Well, even just I don't like how they mix up nostalgia with new stuff because apparently in the trailer for the new Fortnite season, it's it's hosted by The Rock and 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 Johnny Carson. I, I don't know why they have The Rock and Johnny Carson teaming up to fight some big goo pile that's apparently going to turn the island into something well, new. Well, last season they had Al Bundy. So, like, I, I you know, I guess just things are changing. I just don't get it. You know, Jimmy Saltz yeah. wouldn't, uh, you know, he would have done something about that, you know. You know, I remember. I, I heard they're going to have Al Bundy's wife in Fortnite, too, now. It's <laughs> yeah. just crazy to me. You can change her haircut. You know, I prefer games, you know, old school games like I, like Donkey Kong Sr. You know, all you had, you had the main quest and you had the Cialis minigame, a huge fonts on everything. It was made for older people. You know, if you skateboard in the wrong area, it's instant death. If you're rude, it's instant death and you have to restart. 
Um, if you tip too much at a restaurant, it's an instant death and you have to restart, you know, games well, we like used this to make are fun simple. Of, we used to make fun of the old guys playing Donkey Kong Sr., but now I'm, I miss that game, to be honest. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, it's no Porky's Panty Raid, but it, you know, it was better than PBA Jam, you know, the Pro yeah. Bowlers, you know, Association you know, edition of I, NBA I, Jam. Uh, I like to sometimes sit down with my kids who are about 12 years old now and I tell them, you know, when I was your age, we go to the arcade, we put in a quarter, and we play this game called Porky's Panty Raid, where you're trying to put a bunch of underage girls' panties into a butt basket. And they're like, that sounds like misogynist and sexist and fucked up and stuff. I'm like, no, no, it was really fun. It was really cool. You just had to be there. But like, it, they just don't understand that it was like a simpler time. Oh, yeah. What are we going to have back at the arcades? Uh, Candy Crush Soda Saga? You know, Come on. Make didn't have to, there's no touch screens. You know, the closest thing we'd have to that was that Gattaca game, Gattaca Attack, where you had to... Oh, yeah, that was that was like the second Gattaca game where um, it was like a ripoff of Tetris where just G's, A's, T's, and C's were falling, and you had to arrange them into parts of the human genome and they would disappear. Oh, yeah, and the original Gattaca game, that was the game where you just had to lie about your DNA. They'd yeah. ask you about your DNA and you had to hit the right button to lie about it. Not a great game, well, but mean, it Steve did inspire. It inspired a really cool movie because it was way before the movie. And see, kids don't even know that anymore. I don't even think Man, most Jimmy kids know to see that movie. Gattaca was a oh, he would have loved to see that movie. You know, there's so much stuff I wish I you know I could show Jimmy if he were you know surviving to this day. But you know what? You know what he would have said now. I I I think he would have said. I wish I would have died back then because I would have never had to know how much things suck now. I think he said as long because everything had everything had like a warmth to it. You know what I mean? Well, I think you know, he would have said as long as the beer is flowing and the chicks are wet, I'm going to have a great time no matter where I'm at. If I could do one thing with Jimmy today, it would probably be showing him how to install central air in a home that didn't formerly have a central air unit. But after that, I think we go to the bar. You guys would show up. We'd have a couple beers. We'd play a couple pranks on the bartender, you know, maybe steal some money out of the register or whatever, and just kind of like have fun like we used to as kids. I mean, Jimmy would insist we go to a titty joint. Oh, of course. I mean, if Whichever I could, one had uh, the biggest wing special, you know, he loved the buffet. He would have loved the buffet. He would have loved know? the buffet. You know, I know he drove his, uh, his uh, Eldora- Cadillac Eldorado. To a lot of strip clubs. Um, oh, what was the one he went to all the time? Gristle? It, it, it was the Crystal Gristle. The Crystal Gristle. Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh, that's yeah. the one off of... Um, and he'd take his Polaroid in there. That's why... Uh, that's off of... And they uh, said he was just a cute kid, so they let him do it. Yeah, well, he had care. a really thin mustache, so he looked old for his age. Yeah, he would mostly wait for the strippers to come out, and he would just kind of follow them to their cars. <laughs> take and rev, pictures of them. Take pictures of them. And he would rev his engine at them a lot. He'd I remember. sell the pictures to all the kids <laughs> at sell school. Sell the pictures and his drawings. School. And it'd be like... A, it'd just be a picture of a, you know, a woman in like a coat walking to her car. But, you know, this because... He told me it was a stripper. That that's what made it horny to me. <laughs> and he made a lot of money off of me with the stripper pictures. You know, I used to pay him twenty bucks. I would just lie down in the back seat while he was taking pictures. I couldn't well, look. Twenty bucks back yeah. then. That was like three hundred bucks now. Oh yeah, but you know, I'd mow I'd mow lawns all weekend in order to lay in the back seat of a fourteen year old's car while he took pictures of strippers in the parking lot. <laughs> that's just you know, the we kind were, of guy he was. We were all just. 
at the arcade playing Porky's Panty Raid, but he was living he it. He was living know? it. And he would come that back. Was a, that game was a documentary about his life, basically. He would come back and he would beat all of our high scores that we had been working on for like four hours. And we'd just be, how does he do it? You know? And he would always say something really gross and immature about how he was so good at video games, where he would say he would have a lot of practice with joysticks because he jacks off so much or he's good at fingering, so he's good with his hands. <laughs> always a toothpicking out of his mouth, know, maybe a cigarette, you know, drinking, maybe a lollipop, drinking maybe a all squirt three at the same soda, time. You know, he say he liked squirt because it made him horny. <laughs> so, yeah, I, guess, I was like, um, I used to ask him, like, why do you smoke so many cigarettes? Like, doesn't the smell like make the girls like not want to be around you? He's like, no, cigarettes are an aphrodisiac. Yeah, I think he like, picked that up in the strip club. He said a lot of things for aphrodisiacs. Anyway. He, you know, he would, he would, he would, you know, you know, he'd he'd be chewing on oysters. He never wore deodorant. No, he never. He said it was a natural. He said he didn't want to repress his pheromones. Which I didn't know what that meant, but it sounded. But about I mean, the right. the guy the guy had a six pack since he was like nine. Oh yeah, you know, just a natural six pack, you know. Uh, you know, it, and it's it's just a we we think of him now, and it's funny that he's dead because he was so full of life, you know. He was so full of life. That's the irony about his death. It's just how full of life he had been, you know. But I think we all knew. I think I even knew back then. You know, that he was probably going to die. You know, he was always telling people he had a gun when he didn't. He was always threatening people. You know, he would pretend it was a joke, but he would quote people's address to them when they would get mad at him. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a sixth sense or, or what, but I definitely, you know, when he died, I wasn't surprised. And I don't know about you guys, but I just, I just wasn't surprised. I remember I got the news over the phone. I remember saying to myself, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. Like, I instantly believed it. There was no, like, grief period, almost. Like, I was already ready. Well, I don't know. I was still a little bit shocked because um, I just couldn't believe that that 14-year-old who would take girls to Tang Creek in his mom's car to neck with them all night, who was so full of life, I just couldn't believe when, the, when we saw his corpse at the bottom of that quarry yeah, I was still. I gotta say that that image still haunts me to this day. Well, we were all there, uh, you know. Unfortunately, and I know this is uh, traumatic for for us, but uh, you know we've talked about this a million times. But you know, you can't really tell the story of the legend of Jimmy Saltz without telling the ending. Um, you know, it was exactly. I think 38 years ago today. How's the math on that? It was in 1983 Ho- on this day. Hopefully people don't think about it too much. Well, that's 40 years, I guess. Well, yeah, around, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were at the bottom of the quarry. Um, and Jimmy told us to wait there. Um, the quarry had a huge cliff wall. Uh, there was a small, shallow amount of water at the bottom. I think he was planning on doing... A sort of like, you know how the guys that belly flop into those small tanks of water? I think he was planning on doing something kind of aligned that. And I remember him shouting something from the cliff. Uh, something, it was incredibly sexist, I remember, but it was also very funny. And uh, the the police, there was police that were in the area that, you know, nobody's supposed to be on the cliff. He They heard him yell. 
So we're there waiting on the ground. The police start walking over. They're asking us what's going on. We're just looking at Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, of course, is at the ledge there doing his classic showboating. You know, he was doing the pussying gesture at the cop. He was raising the roof. He was, he was yeah. He was doing that was flips. before people even knew about that. I think he invented raising the roof. He was walking like an Egyptian, and I think that was the first time I saw that. I remember really, I remember really hooting and hollering like Arsenio style when he started walking like an Egyptian. He just knew how to work the crowd, you know. And uh, man, they're yelling at him. <sighs> Sorry, this is really hard. Um, they were yelling at him, the cops. And they're like, get down, get down, get down, you know, and he hears get down, get down. He immediately starts doing some soul train style dances. And uh, if only those cops knew how low down he was about to get. And, uh, you know, they're getting mad. I can see the look on the cop's face as he's kind of taunting them from like a hundred feet up. You know, this is incredibly reckless behavior. And he's just kind of teetering along the edge there. And get down, get down. He starts disco dancing. The cops get really red and, uh, you know, they pull out their guns and they're pointing at him. Get down, get down. And, uh, you know, he's still laughing. He's still dancing. I remember he's shaking his butt. He's mooning them. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, you know, yelling. He's admitting all these crimes uh, to the police. He says he drives around in his mom's car. Uh, he says he creates his own underground porno magazine that's illegal. <laughs> um, you know, he's admitting to 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 many running crimes s- that would be a felony in many states. Yeah, I mean, uh, Grand Theft Auto. You know, he admitted to you know burning down a shed uh, that was in his extended family. He admitted that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unsavory stuff. Um, and then. Uh, his foot slipped and he starts falling. That quarry was a mile high. If it was a foot and he fell for what felt like, I think he was falling like not even what felt like, I think literally he fell for like like, a full minute. It's like, yeah, it was like a minute of falling. And it was one of those falls. That's like a single breath fall. So it was, uh, like a consistent, ah. You know what I mean? Well, some people say they even heard like a whistling sound like in Looney Tunes where maybe he was whistling on his way down in order to make that cartoon sound effect. And, and you know, the cops, you know, they're watching this and their jaws drop, but they're still so heated. And, you know, while he's falling, he's still doing like that disrespectful pussy eating gesture towards him. He's putting his finger on his thumb and wiggling his fingers and blowing out his his tongue. And like, he's like smacking him. his own butt. You know, he's not going to fall in the water at all. He's careening straight towards the rocks. I think I think we all feared, you know, Jimmy was dead. The only person who seemed to not care care was Jimmy. And what Sorry. While he was falling and doing the pussy gesture you know, I don't know what reason the cops had for doing this, but the cops just unload on him. Uh, entire clips. One of the cops reloaded, and as he's falling, they paint the wall of the quarry red the whole time. They didn't miss a pretty sing- crack shot. Didn't too. miss a single shot, and you just see blood sprayed all the way down of this minute long fall. You know, he got shot in the head. He got shot in the stomach. He got shot in the face, elbow. Well, 
In a deposition afterward, the cops said that they were trying to spare him the pain of landing yeah. by killing him before he landed. I mean, they did it for his sake in their in their telling. I understand what their thought process was. You know, he'd been falling for a minute straight. He was going nearly 200 miles an hour, and they thought that the fall would hurt so bad. And they wanted to make sure he died before he hit the ground. That's why they shot him 20, 30 times. But I do feel on some level, you know, they were just mad he walked like an Egyptian. And, you know, the saddest thing is he hit the ground, and some say he was still alive. But then for some reason, there was a bear in that quarry that just came over there and started eating him alive. Started... Yeah, usually bears don't eat people. I mean, the bear the the bear was stuck down there for a long time. I guess he was very he hungry. Get out and he was, he yeah. was starving at this point. And I mean, here's the truth: we all know that Jimmy would have eaten that bear if the shoe was on the other. Oh, foot. Oh yeah, if the bear. I don't even know fallen. that I blame the bear. You know what I really regret though that Jimmy would have wanted us to do. What and we did not do. He would have wanted us to pee on him. Yeah. I think he would have liked that. I think he would have liked that too. I think he would have. Maybe. Well, if we sang the PP song one last time for him. All right. I mean, Jimmy Saltz, the legend. Here's to you. I know you're up to looking down on all of us. Here's to you, My Jimmy. Life would never be the same if I never knew you. You were the Bottoms coolest up. person I'd ever met, and you were only and still 15. have ever met. You had a little mustache, and you're more than a man than all of us are right now. You know, I always tell my wife, I wish you could have met him. I wish he was here right now. And she's like, I wish you would stop bringing him up all the time. Yeah. Well, it would have been a bad thing if your wife would have met Jimmy Saltz. I think that would have ended terribly. I think that's right. I think he would have put her in a magazine. Well, Well, without further ado... My PP has, has a song, song it sings. It, 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 it goes one, one two, two, three. Whiz, 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 whiz. PP, 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 whiz, whiz. Rest in peace, Jimmy Saltz, the greatest gamer to ever live. <laughs>